Let us pray. Thank you, gracious God, for this goodly fellowship of faith into which you have called us in your church and in this parish. Thank you for those you give us to love and serve, those who love and serve us. Thank you for those who lead us in faith, those called to leadership at this time, our vestry, strategic thinkers. We ask your continued blessing on their work and on our work with them in the months to come. For all this we ask and for all this we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, uh, welcome and, and thank you. Uh, I wanted to share some, uh, some of the work that's been going on of looking towards the, the future of our, of our life together. Um, and I want to go back and do a little bit of history for those of you uh, who remember that we had, uh, we've got these ungainly names for committees, and the, there was one that called the Space, Space Use Planning Committee, a uh, thing that uh, people were begging to be on. And uh, uh, um, uh, Louisa Basrati uh, was uh, kind enough to chair that along with Chuck Tuning. And they produced a report for the vestry with some, um, about, uh, about a year ago with some major uh, recommendations they were charged to come up with looking at some uses and some issues of our campus prior to uh, a process of strategic planning. And uh, they made a number of good recommendations. One involved uh, this uh, sidewalk and entry as we realize that the vast majority of us, our first stop in the church is actually up this walkway rather than in the front or somewhere else, and, uh, and drew some, some interesting drawings of how uh, this can be beautified and so on. Uh, the vestry has looked at that and thought about that and said that uh, we'd like to possibly deal with that in terms of a larger plan for the whole block because we don't want to do a capital campaign for just little things. But we did, uh, you may have noticed, take care of the dumpster, thanks to Maurice Reddick, and the dumpster has gone, and Jesus is grateful. <laughs> and, and so are we with Jesus for, for, for the removal of the dumpster. The second uh, major uh, recommendation they had was to turn the corner, essentially Tate Hall, into a ministry center, and to move various staff people and ministries into Tate Hall, and then to... Uh, uniformly beautify uh, with awnings and paint and planters and what have you, the whole North Avenue Spring Street corner of the property and try and give that some life and some energy and what have you. And uh, Vestry has talked about that and decided at least in the short term we don't want to give up um, uh, the income-producing possibilities of uh, street-level space. And, uh, and there were also some serious issues of wondering how to staff um, reception area and, and things of this sort um, in relation to threads and other ministries over there. There was talk at one point of, uh, and I wanted to fill you in, of tenants, uh, including a, a, the, uh, some offices of our general church from, from New York, and they ultimately decided to look other than in Atlanta. Apparently, we're fairly unusual in that uh, ministries uh, rent space, so even the bishop's office they pay, the diocese pays rent to the cathedral. And, and the reason for that is so that we all share in the ministry of the whole diocese. This was uh, not something that the uh, leaders in the general church felt was uh, equitable for them where they were getting what they called free space elsewhere. So I think they're looking at Charlotte, but that, that possibility is now, uh, now gone unless they, unless they come back to us. 
But what we have done is talked about, we have been able to lease the, uh, the subway and the Kentucky Fried Chicken, and you will soon see a restaurant there called Goodfellas, which will not be a, uh, a quiet uh, awning uh, at all. It's sort of red and green and what have you, but at least we will, re we will realize some, some, uh, some rental income, which, was, which is not an, an insignificant in our, in our budget. Um, and in the meantime, we, we will continue to look at how we can uh, improve the look and feel of that, of that corner. The third major um, initiative which they pushed and recommended was that we do something about renovating Ellis Hall. You know, it's wonderful and functional, but if, you ever, if you're ever in here and get a chance to look at the carpet, don't. <laughs> and, uh, and there are some other issues. If you've ever tried to worship in here, you know that, um, that, that, that acoustically it's really, and we hear our wonderful choir will be doing Cole Porter on Friday, and it'll be fun, and it's great and everything, but with just some modest attention to acoustics, we can make the place a little more lively. So um, uh, the, the vestry appointed a small a group that Barbara Blender and Pat Kiley are chairing, and they, they were charged to come up with some sort of plans. What can you do for, uh, as a sort of minimal level, um, and, and what can you do if, you, if money's no object and what you do in the middle? And what we found in conversation with the leaders of that group is that, that coming up with pricing and so on is really not sexy. When what they really want to do is talk about paint colors. And so, uh, so the vestry at their meeting tomorrow will, uh, will look at a resolution to set aside some money and expand that committee and say, whatever you can do, pay some attention to acoustics and do it within this budget. And uh, so that project is moving along. The fourth major recommendation of the Space Use Planning Committee prior to strategic planning involved uh, how we structure the staff to oversee the buildings, which is a much more, um, a much more complex thing than it was 10, 15, uh, 20 years ago. Uh, one example is a question of design. Who makes a design decision? What we used to do was call Hugh Lata. Hugh said, we like that. Everyone said, great. Now Hugh's hardly ever here, um, still cares very much, but hardly ever here. And we're not that kind of place where everybody knows everybody and everybody and Hugh's done everybody's home. You know, we're not that kind of place anymore. So, so there's no one. It, the Buildings and Grounds Committee is a fantastic committee, and Missy McMorris has taken that over and is doing a, a great job uh, sorting out the incredible complexity of, of uh, the difference between sort of major project management and day-to-day -day ongoing management and the conference center management. And... Um, and so we're trying to find a way forward to staff uh, oversight of our buildings without increasing staff, um, because that means increasing budgets, and, and, uh, that's, and, and there are lots of other things we want to do if we increase budgets in terms of ministry and what have you. So those are the things the Space Use Committee uh, talked about, and I just wanted to let you know that that didn't just go onto a shelf and gather dust. Those, those things are, are moving uh, forward in various ways. The, we're looking at what alternatives there are to having the exhaust from the kitchen. Is there a way to put that up on the roof? All those sorts of issues. And it takes time, and there's permitting issues, and goodness knows whatever. So that done, the vestry uh, then said, uh, having spent a year uh, doing some reading in the uh, area of thinking about what, does th what sort of f is going on in our society and our culture that will affect the life of the church in the next 15, 20, 30 years. And we've been going back and forth on uh, using the 
lens, which you've heard me talk about before, of Christendom and post-Christendom. And I won't go into that at great length because I have talked about it before. But it's the, the question will be, what assumptions can we make or will our community make? I'll come back to that a little later. Um, moving forward about the world we live in. Uh, will, we, uh, will there be, what, how do we need to be better at articulating our faith so that others can understand something about what we're up to? That's a philosophical level, a practical level of that. The vestry commissioned a study of, of our neighborhood, and Ginger Slaughter went out and interviewed people who are building managers. We've, we've, and now uh, Elizabeth Caffey is putting together a group to pursue that work and stay in touch with those building managers as an initial way of beginning to tailor uh, getting information into these to our neighbors, most of whom don't have a clue what we're up to what we stand for, or why we're here. And uh, we're trying to figure out some ways to do that. So both philosophically and practically looking to see how do we um, position ourselves uh, for a vibrant future. Um, so with that, the vestry said, okay, it's time to do some strategic thinking. We called it the Strategic Thinking Group, another really elegant name uh, for a committee because uh, we didn't want it focused on producing a product uh, until we really had a chance to have some conversation. We know that there'll be huge energy when we start looking at a block, a plan for the block, and looking at our facilities and looking at the campus. We know that. But to have that conversation before we have really talked about the shape of our ministry and our commitments and our thinking going forward is, uh, is, is, is premature. Leighton uh, Stratman, who, who is here, and I'll introduce him for a moment, uh, is chairing that group. Uh, I am on it. Lillian Gianelli, Florence Holmes, Della Wells, Bert Clark, Robert Ball, Betty Edge, Elizabeth Klump, Buck Winfield. Um, I think that's it. Uh, it's, a, it's a really fine group who've been meeting at least uh, monthly and um, um, and it's a group that likes to fellowship together, uh, so great dinners. Um, and uh, and, and uh, they've been looking at things like, what sort of planning do we need to do? Are we talking about major cultural change, or are we talking about improving things that are good already? And those kind of questions. And they led um, our vestry retreat, which took place uh, Friday and Saturday this weekend, and introduced us to some assumptions that they're making uh, going forward. There may be others that we want to add, but right now they're saying we're planning from strength, that we're planning from a position that doesn't need massive fundamental overhaul. We've got a sense of changes in our neighborhood and changes in our culture, but that on the whole, there's a lot of really good things that are going on that we, from which we can build. The second assumption is that history, our history, the particular history of this particular community uh, makes us willing to serve as a catalyst or leaders in movements of social change. That seems to be very fundamental and important to our identity. And they also assume that our location and our campus can either be a strength or a weakness going forward depending on what we do with it and how we, how we think about it. After the retreat... And bearing in mind the work of the vestry over the past year, I would add a fourth assumption, which is mine and not, not the committee's at this point. And that is that 
um, uh, that uh, the invitation and incorporation of new members is not optional, that we have to pay attention uh, to that. We have been paying attention, and we will continue to pay attention. But that evangelical task is, is, uh, is fundamental, and it's in some respects a cultural shift for us in this parish. Buck Winfield led us through a, 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 a growth matrix which basically pointed out that 50 years, give or take, uh, we're basically going to have had our funerals. And, and if the church is going to be here, then there need to be people coming into it. And we need to be inviting them. Uh, but he had some other great insights. He said, you know, there's three basic ways of, of, uh, of doing um, uh, research for planning. Uh, one is uh, the, um, just uh, you go in your closet and you think real hard and then you make a guess. And the second is the swag version, which is you get some friends to go in the closet with you and you make a sophisticated, wild-ass guess. Uh, and the third is you say, it beats me, and you go ask the person you're actually trying to talk about. Uh, and and that's, that's the best way to do it. So he had, he had a lot of good things. But I would add that, uh, that, that the evangelical task is, is a fourth assumption that I would like to add at any rate, and that will be part of our conversation. So we did some powerful exercises Friday night remembering uh, why we came to All Saints and what it was like and what the stories we were told. And, and, uh, and, and that was a very... Um, both telling our stories and listening was a very moving uh, time for, for everybody. In fact, they had to go out and get Kleenex. It was one of those jobs. Um, but there's, there's something about uh, parading your child uh, here at their baptism and then walking down the aisle at their wedding. Uh, those sorts of stories... Uh, who called when you're in trouble and the various uh, endless relationships that connect us and bind us and uh, that keep us alive uh, as we go forward, which includes all that flows from that in terms of service and mission and what have you. It was an important time as we tried to get in touch with the particular identity that we have, um, not only for our own planning purposes, but also eventually potentially for uh, inviting others to join us. We're looking to see how can we encapsulate. Is there a, a theme or, a, or an image or a vision or something that will, uh, will um, where we all say, yes, that, that, that's it, that works. I'll say a bit more about that in a minute. We looked at, as I said, models for growth in membership and programs and vision and so on. Robert Ball led us through a, um, an exercise on looking using literary models of romantic literature and ironic literature and, and how that gives rise to various theological worldviews. And we did some pushing to see where we might fit in that. And that was a useful way of trying to get a lens. And then um, we moved, uh, Bert Clark led us through an exercise uh, which was called an Act 1-8 exercise. I don't know if you've ever uh, done one, but Act 1-8 is is when uh, the disciples are told, you shall be in a resurrection appearance of Jesus. You shall be uh, go and be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost ends of the earth. I'm going to take a little time to, to see if we can have some give and take here. Uh, because he said Jerusalem, as we think about our world, Jerusalem are the people whose faces and names we know. This is Jerusalem. We, we, know, we know basically 
um, who we are and uh, what we look like. And when someone uh, comes into the community, we, we can tell if they're already from Jerusalem, in a sense. You sort of know that. Judea um, are people uh, in the same cultural world, but whose names and faces we don't yet know. And who are they? And then uh, Samaria uh, was a place that if you were a good Jew, uh, you kind of thought they were probably okay. But Samaria is something you'd rather go around than through. You really, you certainly don't want your children marrying one. Um, and, um, and so we found ourselves talking about who are the Samaritans? Um, who are the Samaritans to us at this point? And what does that mean about our going and bearing witness there? And then the, the last uh, piece was you shall go to the uttermost ends of the earth or the ends of the world. And where is the end of the world for us? It might be uh, someone on our own doorstep or it might be someone geographically a long way away. Um, and uh, I'd like to ask uh, Leighton to come up and, and then, and then uh, say a couple of things. And then I'd like us to think out loud, if you'll be brave enough, who, are the, who is Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and um, the ends of the earth for us. Do you want I got an email yesterday back in February of one sentence that said, I have a job for you. And uh, I thought, press delete. No, I didn't, I didn't do that. Um, actually, working on this, working on this uh, strategic thinking committee has been a personal gift to me, and I think everybody who's worked on the committee uh, would agree with that. And I want to make one clarification or underscore what Jeffrey's already said is that what we're doing right now is actually spiritual discernment. Um, I had a great conversation with someone in the courtyard last week about particular space needs, and, and I actually had served on that committee um, that went on for two years. But what we're doing right now is we're working on spiritual discernment about all saints' identity. And in a way, that's even more difficult work, I think, than, than coming up with strategies and action steps and deadlines uh, for implementation. And what we're trying to do right now is to really figure out what All Saints' identity is. And if we can discover and name what its unique identity is, then that will lead us to some particular uh, vocation, to some kind of coherent action um, that we can all engage in. One analogy um, I've been using is that it's sort of like the All Saints' automobile. Um, we've been trying to... Uh, improve the automobile a little bit, maybe uh, strengthen it, add some technology. What we're doing right now is we're setting that dis the, uh, the design process aside, and we're looking at the question of what's the fuel, you know, what's our energy source. And we're trying to find some kind of central theme or identity um, that can give us something to coalesce around and to move us forward. Does, does, that, does that make sense? Uh, we feel like this is a, a – it took us a while to get there. But I feel like this is something that we, we feel like is something we really need to go through in order to have action for all saints that's authentic. So that's where we are right now. One, uh, one person from the vestry who'd served on a number of committees was convinced that we were basically wind-powered. There were really some... Um, some wonderful stories shared this weekend, and, and, and we weren't just storytelling for the fun of it. We were trying to listen for stories that really told us what we really care about, um, what, what, what the individual teller cares about, what our community cares about, 
and, and actually taking time to consider, you know, what's God's desire as well. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's risky because, as we said this weekend, we have no idea where this conversation may end up leading. But I do want to emphasize that we're not trying to remake All Saints. We feel like All Saints is doing very well. We're just trying to take us to the, to the next level, if you will. Thank you, Leighton, and thank you to the committee. We're, we're hungry for, for, what, what, for what, is, what is coming next. Um, the, uh, we, we finished the retreat with an exercise of trying to, uh, of just brainstorming possible taglines, that's what we're calling them, themes. We haven't come up with one yet. But we, we talked about uh, uh, Coca-Cola's thing, thing of the real thing and how that, that expresses a whole load of values and images and ideas and uh, cultural assumptions and, and norms, and it, 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 it captures something uh, in a very short way that, that, uh, that really speaks volumes. We um, talked about, I, I had the chance to be with the dean of Canterbury Cathedral uh, just over a year ago, and he talked about the process by which they had uh, come up after I think two or three years of conversation with a chapter and praying and this and that about what their identity was. And it's not something you just pick off a tree, something that where everybody says, aha, that's it. And he said, um, he was in morning prayer, and it was the story of Philip and Bartholomew. He said, sir, they wish to see Jesus. And he said, okay, that's it. And he said, that they may see Jesus. That's what the cathedral, Canterbury Cathedral, is about. And that became an organizing principle for conversations and for docent training and for shaping programs and for uh, building uh, community space and all of these sorts of things, uh, all focused on the idea that any visitor uh, would come and say that they may see Jesus. We haven't come up with what that might be yet. We haven't had enough conversation in the congregation and elsewhere. We... We brainstormed about, uh, uh, I don't know, probably 50 or 60 uh, <coughs> ideas. And uh, the ones that seemed initially to have the most um, kind of traction, one, one was the, uh, the one we used that the Centennial Celebration Committee came up with, to seek, to serve, and to celebrate. Um, uh, someone suggested that gift is pretty good, growing in faith together after our, all of our conversations um, uh, we talked a bit about a pilgrim church, a church that's on a journey that we're not finished yet, and uh, that seemed to capture pieces of it for for a lot of people. Um, love without borders was one. Love without borders was a good one. It what 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 the thing? We also had some that were fun, like diverse like us, <laughs> um, and uh, <laughs> that was Noel's. It was brilliant and. Uh, Pardon our progress was another was another one that we we, we sort of liked and and someone suggested well, they're all pretty good let's just have one a month I mean we um, <clears throat> one interesting piece that that came up uh, in in the conversation that uh, that that needs to be part of our ongoing thinking and that was that um, and this was also reflected in some conversations the staff has had and that is that we're not hugely comfortable, not all of us hugely comfortable with religious, religious language. And so when we talked about things like uh, followers of Jesus, um, someone would say, well, couldn't we say Christ? And someone else would say, couldn't we say God? And someone else would say, couldn't we just drop it? 
there's, there's, there's some things there uh, that have to do with both our culture and our assumptions of the culture outside, that if we are to find an image or a theme or something that will work, if God is going to grant us that, um, that, that carries some assumptions both about who we are internally but also what, what would work in terms of uh, attracting someone to ask some more questions, for example, about, about who we are. So um, I had in mind that we would, that I'd have you talk to each other and pick one of these things and, and, um, and uh, say, what does that mean for adult education or what does that mean for youth or what does that mean for Christian social ministries? But I think um, uh, in light of, of the time and the fact you've been listening a lot, uh, rather than taking you through an exercise, which I can still do if nobody asks any questions. I thought I'd see if you have any uh, questions or comments or response or anything for, uh, for Leighton or for me. Or if any of the vestry or strategic group would like to add anything. Some people are both. Judy. What Judy, is, what Judy is saying is there is some, some negative baggage on some, some words because it, in, in, it often speaks of things from which we are recovering. Um, and, and, uh, and, and part of the thing that brings many of us together is, is a, a kind of joy in being able to think and being able to be authentic and real and to uh, express doubts, if such there be, and to be comfortable on each other's journeys uh, wherever we find ourselves and not wanting to sort of impose an assumption that we're all the same thing or whatever. I do think that it is non-negotiable that we are a Christian. Now, that, that, can, mean, that can mean a lot of different things. And, 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 and believe me, saying that has to be said because it's not always obvious. <laughs> we talked this weekend about, um, for example, char- charismatic and what that word means, and we, look, we were looking at different worldviews of churches, and that word was very off-putting to some people. But we, as we you know, drilled down further, we did find evidence of charisma at All Saints. It's just our own unique charisma of some things we do and the way we do them. So that's a, that's a good example of how that language can, you know, somebody used the word hijacked. Yeah. Thank you. Um, the, the question is, have we done any demographic trending of what the community will be in 25 years? And the answer is, we have thus far eschewed that kind of data-driven planning. That d- does not mean there's no place for data. And, uh, and, and there is some risk about, you know, swagging uh, type of planning uh, based on the fact that we've, we've, uh, we've read the papers. We know that Atlanta is, in the next few years, going to be uh, majority white again, things of that nature. Um, and, um, but, but as we've talked, we've talked more about ultimately what seems to be the connection for most of us is uh, we generally find our way here through friends. 
and that it tends to be social connections uh, that have at least heretofore uh, driven uh, much of the of the um, growth of the of the parish. So, for example, uh, just about every other church in Midtown uh, has on Sunday evening something they call a postmodern service. And when you push what is a postmodern service, well, it's another. It's an attempt to find a formula that will really attract people. So it's silence and jazz and candles or something. And I have no objection to any of that. But, but I don't think that in, it's certainly in our history that that would be the way that we would uh, grow is by designing this wonderful service and then expecting that it will attract people because we advertise it well. Um, there was a, a bishop, a retired bishop of Colorado called Bishop Fry, who I heard speak once, and he, you've heard me uh, share this before, but he used the image of Episcopal evangelism. And he said, uh, what we do is, is a bit like uh, getting a, a really fine aquarium, and we kit it out with the cleanest water, and the best plants, the most beautiful pebbles, and, it's, and we have the thing that blows air in it, and it's really fantastic. And then we put it by the ocean, and we hope the fish will jump in. <laughs> And, and uh, that doesn't work, you know. <laughs> uh, it, it's very tasteful, but it doesn't work. And, and I think it's much more likely that if we want to form a community around a different sort of style of worship, which is certainly part of our conversation, is that we would find a community who would care about it and shape it and care about one another and let the thing develop and tell their friends, and that's more how it'll be happening rather than us designing this wonderful thing and, 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 and advertising it. You see what I mean? So, so in answer, in, that's a long answer to the question of, uh, of demographic um, uh, research. We have done some uh, demographic uh, looking at who's in our neighborhood and, and that sort of thing, and we've got a lot of people with... Uh, uh, there's, there's a number of people who are buying condominiums who live in other parts of Georgia who come in at weekends, for example... There are a number of people who are travelers during the week who get on the martyr and go to the airport and they're gone. Um, there, there are very few um, uh, families with children, uh, for example. That, those sorts of demographic uh, things we know. Um, but we're also clear that we haven't, while we could potentially be a neighborhood church for the first time in 10 years, uh, that we haven't been and that we perhaps don't need to. And that we certainly wouldn't become a neighborhood church at the expense of being a destination uh, church that draws from the metro area and beyond. Um, so. Well, I'm not opposed to billboards on 85 at all. Um, um, but, um, uh, but billboards are expensive. I know that because we get rent from the one over here. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think, I think that billboards um, are not unimportant. I had a, a, a conversation, I think calling it a debate would be too much, with Skip Schudig. Skip is the uh, president of the Alliance for Christian Media, whose offices and studio is over here in the Pritchard Center. Uh, and, and the mission of that group has sometimes been expressed as uh, evangelism through mass media. And I don't have a particular problem with that, but I really think that media is, um, 
like, a, like an invitation. And that when someone accepts the invitation, that's when the evangelism starts. In other words, uh, the invitation has to be to something that is real once you get there and find that people actually want you to be there and care about you being there. We've observed from time to time that we are not terribly good as a parish with people who come in really needing to be enveloped. That we're much better with people who can do something just a little bit to take a step, like fill out a card, rather than have us rush around and fill it out for them. We're not, on the whole, um, a potluck culture, although we, we do enjoy that when we do it. We're much more a catering culture. And so we might need to change that, but it's true. So therefore, uh, for us to show up, you know, go off to a workshop about how you, how you attract newcomers and come back and say, we've got to bake bread and have it on the doorstep in 24 hours. It's like, that's a great idea, but when did anybody here last bake a loaf of bread? I'm sure some of you did. Um, you know, uh, I mean, I've done it from time to time, but it's not kind of who we are in a, in a way. Maybe we'd like to become that. But that's not quite who we are. And so the business of uh, advertising has, has, a, has, a, has a place, but it's got to be advertising as an invitation to something, and we've got to be ready to receive. A number of years ago, there was something called the Episcopal Ad Project, run out of a parish in Ohio, I think. And you've seen them. Uh, the, the most famous one was a portrait of Jesus, and it said, He died to take away your sins, not your mind. The Episcopal Church. And they were all, they were all kind of, um, in fact, one of the taglines that was suggested uh, in the more amusing and less helpful column was, smug like us, or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but, the, but the, you know, there, there was one, uh, the epistle, picture of a baby in a baptismal dress, the Episcopal Church welcomes you regardless of race, creed, color, or the number of times you've been born. <laughs> you know, uh, there was one uh, with a communion set up over a television. When was the last time you received communion from your television set? And, and you see, the thing about all these is they were, they were sent out, and St. Swithin's in the Swamp could buy the ready-made ads and put in their local town crier, and you'd have the ad ready-made, and then you'd say St. Swithin's in the Swamp and the telephone number and address of the church and so on. And so someone seeing this advertisement would say, oh, great, um, a witty, engaging, interesting, thoughtful, I think I'll check that out. And they get there, and it's just the same old thing that it was 10 years ago they left. In other words, the advertising's got to be authentic to who we are. And so that's one of the problems with Episcopal Church advertising, when there have been efforts to, uh, to do Episcopal Church advertising. I've looked at those and thought, <clears throat> people who like that aren't going to like us, you know, because it's soupy, you know, and... and uh, the, there's a danger. So, so I have no objection to billboards, but I think we need to be pretty clear what we put on it and what happens when people respond to it. Yes, Victoria. Quite a good question. For those of us who are more of a potluck than a, than a catering uh, thing, what do we do? Where's my voice? And so on. One of the... Uh, exercises that we were taken through yesterday um, involved our recognizing explicitly that we are a community of communities and that there are many different voices and needs and uh, 
con- places of connection uh, that are all contained within, fully contained within who we are. Uh, even though at any given time, you know, what is a predominant voice and how do you tell you hearing it? Uh, in a way, that's slightly our question. But, uh, but, but we're not seeking to uh, limit the diversity, the danger, in, it seems to me, in terms of being faithful to the vision of the kingdom that overcomes the barriers which we create that tend to separate us, which can be something as simple as, well, I'm a potluck person and you're not, you know, or, or whatever. Um, uh, that the, the vision of the kingdom of neither slave nor free, Greek nor Jew and so on, suggests that we, we need to keep all of those voices. And in fact, in some instances, we need to actually be very conscious about inviting those voices. We do not have a lot of uh, straight, single males under 30. Now, that's not a voice. It's one that would serve us well to encourage and figure out, for example, um, for, all kinds of, for all kinds of reasons. We can think of other uh, groups, demographics, uh, voices, impulses. Uh, when we were talking about charismatic, um, we certainly have people who uh, look for a more effective experience of, uh, of, of the immediacy of God's grace and find it very often here, but it's not the primary culture. It's not really what we talk about. We tend to be much more likely to find that sacramentally, and that's because that's who we are. That's what we do in there. So, um, so that, that's my quick answer. But, talking about all things being spiritual, shall I say, in a way of just um, realizing that we're one whole, but we have lots of ingredients, and that's that's a key part of who we are. All the, the smaller communities. What he said was spiritual salad bowl, no. um, fruit salad, actually. <laughs> With, uh, um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Absolutely. The, the, the process is useful even if we don't come up with a tagline. In that respect, uh, it's very like, um, you know, you've all seen churches that have mission statements or vision statements and put it, you know, our mission is to uh, seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbors ourselves. You know, nothing wrong with that. But where the real value was, was in the process of the community that decided that that was what they wanted to say about themselves. And that's a process that needs pretty, pretty regular uh, renewal. So I think that's a very wise comment. We are trying to be under the spirit here. Bradley. Hang on. Let's, 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 if you've got real charisma, you need this. We had a little charisma yesterday. Uh, we went to Google, and you can pull up Planned Parenthood of Alaska, and send a credit card donation and say it's in honor of Governor Palin and acknowledge it to her. It made us feel better. We were doing so well, weren't we? (laughs) Thank, Thank you for caring enough to dare to share. Right. Well, yeah. yeah, I just, I just wondered, uh, given that this is right now more of a process than a, uh, uh, a 
uh, a way to get to a product. Uh, can you talk about how you see this moving forward, the strategic thinking effort? Once we, um, once we get this theme or idea, which I, I hope we will do, um, we're going to turn back to you know, the automobile plan, if you will, and, and start finding out what, um, maybe through, through focus groups and through various meetings and rolling this idea out to, to various constituencies in the church, to find out what that um, theme would mean for uh, adult ed, what it means for, for music, what it means for children, that sort of thing. And so we will get back to the, to the hard plan, if you will. Does that make sense? So, so I hope not too, but I think it could take a while, and I think you know we have to be comfortable with that for it to, for it to be real. And My expectation we need to draw to close. My expectation, and I'm, again, I'm speaking for me, not the whole committee at this point, is that we're, we have a number of uh, months in which the uh, in which the congregation is engaged in in uh, conversation. We may or may not have the tagline. We may have to try some things on, uh, uh, talk about right relationship or talk about this. The committee itself had a conversation at one point just saying, what would the conversation look like or feel like about adult education? Well, we know that if we want it to be transformative, the transformative stuff is happening, uh, but it's not happening mostly on Sunday morning. Sunday morning's a little different. What does that mean for us going forward, thinking it through? What could it be? What do we value? What don't we value? Um, I would guess that somewhere in the region of uh, six, eight months a year is when we would start uh, being able to talk about the campus and in terms of, of uh, ministry, my own uh, fantasy life involves uh, an assumption that the only building that is sacred is the church. Uh, we would all have other things. I think the, the front of the parish house is significant. The library is lovely, but we can rebuild that. Um, the Pritchett Center is a new building, but if we were to perhaps find a development partner who was interested in helping us create public space, piazza, life, a destination uh, that speaks about who we are and invites people to be here, what is that? Conference center, hotels, shops, restaurants, uh, ministry space? I don't know. Um, but thinking in terms of, of a whole city block, um, and what, uh, what the plans are for Midtown uh, development over the next 15, 20 years. And Midtown, the Midtown Alliance has those plans, and we can figure out where and how we fit. I think it could be very, very exciting. Uh, if any of you have friendly developers who would like to talk about such then being involved in a massive uh, public benefit project, we'd like to talk to them. So, um, that that's probably going further than anyone needed to know. So thank you for your time and your attention, and uh, there will be specific opportunities to engage this process going forward that the committee will design and promulgate, and, um, and uh, the vestry is alive and working, and the committee welcome your thoughts, and particularly as we move forward with specific focused questions and conversation. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And thanks be to you.